0: This week on Pursuits, I speak to Helen Davis, teacher turned sports psychologist. Helen embarked on a Masters in Sport and Exercise Psychology in her mid-40s, having worked in education for over 25 years. Helen now works with athletes at all levels, and recently worked with some of the top Olympic and Paralympic athletes from Tokyo. Helen talks about the bravery and courage she needed to change careers later on in life as a mother of three and gives us a real insight into the reality of pursuing a career in sports psychology. Hi Helen, how are you doing today?
1: Oh hi there! Um, yeah, I'm I'm well, thank you. Yeah, sun shining and it's a nice day, so I'm all good.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's definitely not shining with me, but um, yeah, no. I, thank you so much for for coming onto the podcast. I've been a track, been trying to track you down for a while, um, and it's really exciting to have you on here. Um, but I just wanted to start off by saying, how's your how's your pandemic been really? How how's it gone for you? Do you
1: know? I feel I feel. A- I feel like I've been really fortunate um, in the pandemic and it hasn't really particularly impacted my work at all. Um, I probably had one week where it felt a bit quiet and I thought oh is this going to change but actually um, elite sport you know got sort of carried on quite quickly sports like golf they got back quite quickly and outdoor sports so actually I feel like I've been very fortunate and my client base
0: has kind of remained the same yeah no definitely and I think obviously you've you work in elite sport which we'll talk a little bit about which I think has been quite a yeah as you say untouched and a lot of people have had to obviously the athletes have had to really adapt um throughout the the whole process but talk a bit about just what do you actually do um I know you've had a career change which we'll talk about in in recent years but but talk about what what is your actual job um and, and what do you do So i'm a
1: chartered sports psychologist Um, a sports psychologist works with athletes coaches teams uh, to help maximize performance potential Um, so as part of that role i'm looking at people's mindset their beliefs uh, routines their thoughts in relation to their performance is it benefiting them is it limiting them and i work kind of one-to-one with athletes i work with coaching athletes sometimes as well with teams um, I go in and talk to school children as well. So um, a whole range of bringing psychology into sport and education.
0: Wow, that, that sounds uh, very interesting and quite a diverse kind of audience that you work with. And so how, how did you get into this? Because I know it isn't necessarily something that you thought about at the the outset of your career. Um, so how did you get to, to do this?
1: <laughs> well, it, it's funny. I mean, I, I don't think sports psychologists really existed when I was... Um, doing my psychology psychology degree back in oh, the back in the day a long time ago um, and I I wanted to be a teacher really um, and so I did teaching for a long time but um, getting into sports psychology was I suppose I was getting to the point in my teaching career where I felt like I was feeling a bit stale, I was feeling, like I was teaching, you know, math and English, another year, another year, and um, I always wondered what else could I do. I'd had that feeling for a long time. What else could I do? And the answer was always, I don't know, I don't know. Sport has been something throughout my life. Uh, I've been, you know, I'm a swimmer. I've swum competitively, done all sorts of sports um, over a period of time, and uh, I was very fortunate to be training, swim training, with um, a couple of world-level Ironman athletes and we used to swim together go for breakfast afterwards and chat about sport performance their their Ironman uh, world I guess that they were in and I was really interested in their mindsets uh, particularly in relation to swimming got me really interested in psychology again and I started doing a bit of googling and I discovered that there was now something called a sport and exercise psychology master's degree and I thought that
0: looks interesting
1: and it started from there
0: really Wow. And uh, so you took you took the plunge, so to speak. You went for the the master's degree. Um, And how did you manage to do that? How did you balance that with your family um, and, you know, income and, and things like that? Do you know, when I look back now, I'm not quite sure how I did it, but at the time I did
1: um it was a it really was a big plunge I'm not somebody who's a real overthinker I thought that looks great I'd love to do that my husband was supportive I was working part-time um this was a part-time masters that I could do and I didn't really think about it too much and I signed up and I then started it and uh, had all those kind of feelings of self-doubt I haven't studied for so many years can I really do this I've got three children I've got a family and I'm still teaching. Am I going to be able to do this? And it was a very, very steep learning curve. And I'm not going to lie; there were some very hard moments in there. I pretty much got through it by getting up at four o'clock in the morning a lot of the time and getting some master's work done before the children got up. And then um, I would then go and do a day of teaching, and and then I, you know, I I'd go back to the master's degree in the evening. I also have to confess; I think as an shall I say, a slightly older person studying again. I was probably much more of a sort of perfectionist, much more of a, you know, in the old days, I just wrote an essay, you know, for Mm. my degree. And I just thought, oh, that will do. And and, then just handed it in, whereas I think I was much more conscientious this time. But I was enjoying it. That was the biggest thing. I was enjoying it. I was loving doing something new, loving having something new in my life. And uh, and so I wanted to do it. So it it didn't feel Mm. too difficult.
0: Yeah. And I think there's a lot to be said for that isn't there? You've had a lot more time, life experience and you're you're really wanting to study at this point and you you've really got a passion for it. Where I think sometimes there can be a tendency to rush into something when you're young without really knowing what you want to do and I think that's um that really comes through and and so you've done you did your masters and then how how did you then know that you could get a job actually do, practicing it because I know a lot of people sometimes struggle to get to, to, to transfer into that career and um, so I'm just interested how that worked for you. Well
1: again as I said I didn't really overthink it and I just found myself on this master's course and as the the weeks and months went by I think I, I hadn't really researched it was 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 really the bottom line and I started to begin to realise that actually, this was not just going to be an easy transition. This was not a just, oh, let's apply for a job and it will be nine to five and I'll get a salary for it. Because of my age and because I had a 25 year teaching career behind me, I was in a financial position that enabled me to do that. And when I often talk to um, people who are wanting to get into sports psychology, I always say to them that I was very, very fortunate to be in a financial situation that I was in because it's expensive to get into, um, to do the training. So, um, I I gradually began to realise it was going to be, I would have to be creative, I would have to try and think of ways to try and do some sports psychology, but maybe I was going to have to continue teaching at the same time. And actually, that's what I did for a while. I did sort of part-time teaching, part-time sports psychology, and I found that As I was sort of starting to grow my business, which again is not something I had any experience in doing, was growing my own business, um, I I started to get more and more work with with athletes and clients and it then got to the point where I thought I think I can actually
0: stop the teaching and continue full-time with sports psychology. Yeah, wow. And uh, so talk a bit about some of the clients that you you first worked with um, and the differences in, you know, those different how you had to adapt to the different types of clients and the different sports that you work with or is it all you know is it a methodology but I'm just interested in what types of people you first work with
1: I first worked with people who were my friends actually in order for me to kind of gain confidence as a practitioner I asked some of the Ironman athletes and spoke to them and said you know I'd like to do a series of sessions can you please give me feedback I'm not going to charge you but I want to learn um mm-hmm. so if uh if you could help me do that and they were well, as I say I was very fortunate they were high level athletes at the time um I've worked with all kinds of people and actually it doesn't matter to me what sport they're in because actually a lot of the principles are the same things you know I have people coming to me saying I'd like to work on you know I'm I'm lacking in confidence um I'm lacking in, you know I've got self-belief lacking in self-belief you know um I'd like to I recognise I've got a lot of negative thinking. I'd like to improve the process of that. So, for me, it's learning about what are the elements of their sport that are the that that, that that's limiting them. What's the psycho- what's the psychology that they find really difficult? The challenges that they find, and then working with that um, using the principles and evidence based research to help them um, with some interventions that that can help them to improve in what they want to do. Yeah, no,
0: definitely, and I, as a, I've actually just taken up golf in the last uh, eighteen months, and I think that's one of the most uh, mentally challenging sports there are. So, um, if you, I, I think, yeah, it's fascinating how how bigger part sports psychology plays and I think from your experience of being in sports psychology for the last you know few years what would you say would you say it's grown hugely in importance within performance sport and do you still think there's a huge amount of work to do to raise its profile I guess within the performance support?
1: I think just in the time that I've been doing it, its profile has been raised all the time and more and more um, sports teams particularly are employing sports psychologists to to work with them. I work with a lot of young people who are kind of in performance pathways and a lot of governing bodies introduce sports psychology to athletes who are on those pathways early on uh, so that they start to get an awareness of, of mindset um, and how it can influence performance. Lots and lots of people are... are, are a training in it, a wanting to get into it, and I like to think
0: it is a growing area and one that's um, only going to continue to grow. Yeah, no, definitely, and I think it's. It seems you know one of the examples that came out I think in the summer with um, Emma Raducanu. um I don't know if you mm-hmm. watched her in the Wimbledon where she had a slight panic attack um, and then she came through obviously and won the US Open but how much she would have learned through that experience and how big a part probably the sports psychology played I think is just absolutely fascinating but um, so if we go back to kind of a bit about your your role what what does a kind of normal week look like for you Uh, obviously during the pandemic it probably was pretty similar but just talk talk us through what your week looks like.
1: Well, do you know, it's actually a really hard question to answer because mm-hmm. I would say that my, my week is different. Um, yeah. It, it, it is different every week really just depending on what i'm doing so for example a couple of weeks ago i was actually at the us open working with a player um out in new york um obviously this week i'm not and i'm here at home and i'm 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 chatting to my uh, my screen <laughs> uh, my computer screen so um it, it really does vary you know sometimes i might go and meet a client at their training venue and i might work with them there um i could be at my desk writing an article because f- i write for you know outdoor swimmer magazine um, i have clients who come to the house and i see them face to face then i have clients obviously that i do over zoom which i've been doing anyway pandemic aside who live abroad not necessarily in this country um, and so obviously some that do that live far away from me so I, I i feel i have my hands in lots of different pots which obviously gives me a variety to my week in terms of what i'm doing um so and, and, and I, I, I love that. You know, I love the fact that it's 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 really different. Um if I'm standing at my my desk all day, um, I find that quite difficult. But the pandemic has actually affected that in that I used to go somewhere else and, and use space there to meet clients, and I'm not able to do that at the moment. So mm-hmm. I am spending longer at home.
0: Yeah. No. And 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 how do you stay motivated? Obviously, it sounds like it's not too hard to be motivated working with so many different people and different projects. But do you have any kind of tips? to manage your workload and stay motivated. Do you set goals for yourself? Um just interested in that. Do you know I don't
1: I don't really set specific goals for myself. A lot of people ask me a lot of the time, well, you know, where do you want your business to go? What do you want to do? And you know, I'm just enjoying what I'm doing on a day-to-day. So I you know, and if I stopped enjoying it, I'd probably then set some goals and do something differently. But I really enjoy the variety of people that I work with, the different sports that that I work with them. So um I yeah, I, I really am loving what I'm doing. And um, I hope my clients feel that too, but I genuinely do. Um so I I don't feel it's that difficult. I'm, no. I'm pretty motivated. Yeah, mm.
0: yeah. And how do you manage your your own mindset? Obviously you work with a lot of different athletes that have their challenges. How do you make sure that you stay I guess in the right mindset to to help with them do you know by
1: working on it all the time I mean I really genuinely do you know I I you know because I you know possibly know about the the theory the interventions the research behind these things it doesn't mean to say that I'm great at it myself you know I've particularly when I was doing my master's, I really worked hard at applying what I was learning into my own swimming. And I actually really saw a difference in, in my approach to swimming, and that translated into performance in the pool. So I kind of had some evidence early on of, oh, this this actually can make quite a difference, you know, this really can, can, can work. Um, I still continue to have to work at it. I know that there are times where Particularly when I'm tired, it's the end of the day. After nine o'clock at night, my husband always says to me, "We won't talk about it. It's after nine o'clock at night because I become more irrational. You know, my my, my thinking is not so so um, so logical, and uh, and I often feel better about it the next day. So it it's a continual process. And I I was just saying that to an athlete I was working with this morning. Um, it's a continual process. It's not something like here is a way of doing something, and then you you know you know how to do it it's it's practicing it's Mm. different you know going into different contexts different environments trying it out seeing if it works for you adapting if it doesn't reflecting on how it does and and i'm exactly the same myself i do I, Mm. I, i i practice like that as well
0: yeah, I think it's amazing how important it is for all areas of life though, isn't it? And how do people, it's staying disciplined to keep trying different things if something's not working, um, whether that's within a sporting context or, or not. Um, so I'm, I think it's such a big area now that that we can all learn from. Um, and so in terms of the sports industry, you know, the high, I'm going to go high performance because obviously you work mainly with elite side. What do you think some of the biggest challenges are as a whole that 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 industry is facing at the moment and how I'm just interested in what you think might be the challenges in the next kind of four five years post pandemic
1: yeah it's a a good question I mean I do work with elite athletes but I do work with a lot of non-elite as well you know Um, and and actually I, I think in the elite world Um, Some of the challenges, I guess, that I have noticed is that a lot of elite sport provides sport psychology support already. Um, However, I sometimes have elite athletes come to me to have additional psychology support on top of what they're already getting from their governing body because there is a a fear factor around if I reveal how I truly feel might that get back to selection coaches or people who might are making decisions about me and my career and I and I think that that that, that's an interesting um you know an interesting question that that that, that arises because um, I very much try to encourage a, you know, an, an approach where there is honesty within within the sport and actually opening up to people is 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 not a sign of a weakness. That it's a sign of you know you're trying to work on everything that you can to help yourself and th- that the collaboration with the governing body will help them quicker and faster and and that be more supportive if that the they, the athlete was honest. So I think that's an interesting question and possibly one that
0: you know could be addressed um within elite sport yeah definitely and do you think in terms of funding um do you think there will be more funding available uh in future years for sports psychology um and just from your experience so far
1: my experience so far is that the coaches and teams say it's so important it's so important but yet it's the smallest thing in the budget generally which is frustrating for people like me when you know you're maybe only given a few sessions and people want you to make an impact in just a few sessions and a lot of these things about building relationships with people so that they learn to trust you and you get to know them and in order to do that you need, need to spend time the athletes they then to get to know them to get to know what they're like so um it's a continual challenge i think for sports psychologists um it's it's people prioritizing where where they feel you know that that the money is best is best used and best spent which i appreciate too because you know every penny counts (laughs) in sport when there isn't a lot of it so um yeah continually challenging
0: yeah no definitely and um And I guess that brings me to the question, which I don't know if you have the answer, but in terms of measuring success, I know that there's lots of uh, targets and goals that National Governing Bodies set and sports set. How do you measure the success in your role? Um, Just interested in how that works.
1: Yeah it's a, it's it's a really good question because it's something which I continually kind of look at and reflect on and think how how do we get a measure of success here so generally speaking when I'm working with a client we will set some psychological goals at, at the start of the session and um, we'll talk about where they are now and then where they would like to be whether they've had their four sessions with me or six sessions with me or whatever it is and how that might look like and then we start to then work on the the, the journey of trying to get there and 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 what those interventions might be and then I you know at the end of their four sessions or six sessions we'll look back and say okay this is where you said you would like to be how how do you feel you know are you on your way there have you got there are you only a little bit of the way there do you still need more work on this and it's it's a kind of an ongoing conversation really but it's the way that I find it works best on a one-to-one with clients is Mm. to, to
0: to to look back and say did we achieve the things that we set out to do at the beginning. Yeah, no, definitely. And and I think it's not just about the winning and the outcome, is it? It's about that process and what you learn along the way that you can then apply uh, in future situations, which yeah, I'm fascinated by. Um, so what do you love most about working in a the sports industry, but B actually practicing as a sports psychologist? What what are the things that really get you out of bed and, and make you think, yes, this is all worth it?
1: I mean I think I think the first thing would be the people that I meet the different athletes from different sports um you know the the dedication that people have for their sport the love that they have for their sport is infectious you know I I love hearing about how people got in their stories you know how did they get into their sport what you know and I've worked in some sports that I know nothing about you know and it's just so interesting to hear how people got to where they are now um so I would certainly say that, that the, the the people um you know, as as a sports psychologist, I I find it fascinating how people minds work, the kind of thinkers that they are, and how that's influencing or limiting them in terms of their performance. and 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 educating them in in the principles of sports psychology, which I think is, as as you already you know mentioned, can go into so many other areas of your life. It can help you in so many different ways, um, and and that's quite empowering, I think, for people. and And I. I I like to think that they're 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 enthusiastic when they learn some of these tools because it's like oh I can go and apply that not just in my sport but in in other areas too. So yeah, um, definitely.
0: It's it's a that's yeah great great answer. And I think um, we are lucky to work in sport. And I think it's quite an interesting. Um, sometimes I think that gets forgotten about that we are really really lucky to be working in sport. And there's so much. I think potential for the industry in the future but so if you you had to look look to your area of of psychology sports psychology for the kind of next 10 20 years is there anything that you think could be a big change or is there anything that you you look and think this this could happen and what impact it might have do you mean me personally or just in the in the industry in general in the just the industry as in general um is there anything that you think and it doesn't just have to be sports psychology but just within the, the whole sports industry is there anything that you think there may be one major change or anything that might happen um well from a sports psychology
1: perspective it, it would come down to a, coaches and teams prioritizing funding and really enabling sports psychologists to have a a real influence not just at athlete level, but at the systems level with management, senior management of teams, um, you know, being able to kind of ensure that psychology is part of the conversation that, that that goes on within these elite teams and that that psychology is then translated onto the field of play. Um, and that it's, you know, it's not just an additional add on that it's part of something that, um, that, that that's within the system.
0: Yeah. And surely that's going to happen. Surely with everything about, you know, the way that, well, mental health is just is so important. It's ever more important with the way technology is is coming in and how how the world is changing. Um, Mm -hmm. I really hope that that does happen.
1: I mean, I really like to think so, because you don't want it to just be a tick-boxing exercise. We've got a psychologist in and they're giving one workshop on, on well-being and then they go away again. You know that actually it's they're, they're, there's a wider conversation to be had around that. And it's implementing it on a consistent basis over time so that um,
0: athletes get used to talking about it. Yeah, definitely. And if you you were talking to someone who is looking to get into the, the industry now, Um, what would your advice be if they're starting out, they're just thinking about it?
1: I would certainly say talk to as many people as possible who are already in the industry. Um, I I, I try to really do that. I get a lot of people contacting me and and I just think it's good to be realistic, be realistic about what the prospects are for work, be realistic about the financial implications of, you know, training for a sports psychologist is a long time and it's a lot of money. So it it's you know you you really need to be setting out knowing that you want to be you you enthusiastic about the profession it's definitely something that you want to do and that you can afford to do it and the realistic prospects of what the work situation is like when you come out the other side yeah
0: and just on for people that don't maybe know what is the actual time period it takes to qualify
1: Well, so the way I did it is a three-year psychology degree. Then you need to do a master's. And then you have to do at least two years of what's called supervised practice, where you have a a, a mentor overseeing the work that you do. And then you have to do a research project as part of that. You then have a viva. And then you can get qualified chartered status as a sports psychologist. Mm -hmm. And I would certainly say it's a big passion of mine that there are a number of people who work within mindset who are not qualified sports psychologists who haven't got the qualifications and actually it is a, a a long period of time so i would always say to people you know do check um the people who you were working with that they they really do have the theory and background in research
0: yeah, definitely. That's, there is a lot out there now, isn't there? Um, and uh, and if you're looking to work with somebody, I mean, I don't know if you do work with people within your business, within your role, what what would you look for? And I'm just thinking if, you know, what are the mind, attitudes and uh, mindsets you look for when working with somebody?
1: Um, I'd always look for somebody who's enthusiastic about the role, you know, and what they do, Um I guess that, that kind of matches my values of do something that you're passionate about. Um, so I, I want to feel that passion from them that, of, of why they wanted to do that role. Uh, hard work and being organised. Um, I think particularly as a sports psychologist, being organised in terms of the logistics of managing yourself, that you need to have strong kind of organisational skills um, and being good with people, you know, being good with people, um, different kinds of people from all walks of life um and uh yeah I I think I sharing in a collective purpose is an important thing for me when
0: working with others that that we kind of feel aligned and on the same page yeah no definitely and is there anything you wish you'd done differently I'm talking about regrets but is there anything (laughs) if you if you had to look at yourself as you know younger version of yourself is there anything you would have done differently um and just anything that you've reflected on that you may have changed
1: I think looking back, I have a a very big sense of I don't quite know what I could have achieved in swimming, which I think is a very big driver for me now with my swimming. Uh, You know, my parents were, um, they let me swim, but they didn't let me swim in the number of times a week that I wanted to go and swim. You know, my schoolwork was considered more important. And I absolutely loved swimming at the time. And it's been something, I guess, that I've, if if my my own children want to to, mm-hmm. to, to do a sport or do something you know I, I've, I've allowed them to, to do that it's definitely something that I think is a big motivator for me now is that there's a big question mark over what could I have achieved and I don't really know so I would say yeah go, go, go out there do something you're passionate about and if you are you know do it to the best of your ability as much as you can and see where it gets you yeah and how do you my just... is I don't really have that
0: <laughs> I yeah. don't really have that answer yeah yeah And if you, um, I'm interested in that, actually, as a, is that something you have to work really hard on to not um, feel anger around that or that you didn't quite get to where you wanted to as a, you know, I think if you, you, you thought you could have done something, is that something you have to work on?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's something that I do bring up with my mum now and again, you know, and, and uh, we do have conversations about it. I'm not sure we've uh, we've come to many answers about it, particularly because, obviously it's, it's you know, it's been and done. I don't I don't hold any anger at it now. And actually, I think it's a really good motivator for me moving forward. So I wouldn't have had that had that not have happened. So, um, yeah, I do think I do have a lot of drive with swimming and I think it probably stems from that. So yeah. that's a good thing. So.
0: Yeah, no, that's really that's really interesting. Um, thank you for that. And and just to kind of finish off, I think firstly, thank you for sharing your your journey. I think hopefully it will inspire others to think about different things they could do at any stage in their career. Um what I guess are there any principles that you could share from your sports psychology background that could really help somebody looking, you know, whether they're practical tips something really practical that someone could do now, if they're thinking, I'm not quite sure what I want to do. Is there there anything there that you could share?
1: I I think being brave, and I do think it is being brave, that, you know, if you're questioning something and there's there's that little kind of cog at the back of your head that says, could I do this? Could I, you know, is that actually try and follow that? And it may be that you have to be a bit brave to take that step. Um, In order to be brave... I would say talking to other people, your support network, people who can encourage you. Because I certainly had that. I, 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 I wasn't feeling brave, and particularly the Ironman athletes, they really, really encouraged me um, to, to go out and do this. And 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 it is. It's sort of putting yourself out there. As a sports psychologist, I've had to be brave, standing up in front of people, talking about things when I was new. Um, so any anything that you can think of that helps you to be a little bit brave and take you don't have to take a huge step it can be small steps i would certainly say that that's probably the number one thing that i would say that i i do not regret i felt i had to be brave i had to learn how to be brave i went ahead and did it and i now don't regret it at all
0: yeah that's great. I love it. And um, thank you so much, Helen. That's been fascinating, and uh, i'm I'm really excited to see how your career progresses now. And um, oh, thanks for your time today. Thanks for having me. Cool. Helen's realistic and pragmatic approach to her career are admirable. And I love her honesty about what it really takes to make it as a sports psychologist. I think we can all take so much from Helen and her journey and how her career change really did require courage, bravery and hard work. I hope you enjoyed listening to Helen and you can find out more about her and her work following the link in the show notes.